You guys, happy Pride. Live here. This week, I'm sitting down and talking to Shawnee Kish. Shawnee is a indigenous singer-songwriter based out of Canada. She's Mohawk and identifies as Two-Spirit, and she's super passionate about supporting LGBTQ2S plus youth. Her music is inspirational. Her message is incredible, and she's got a new album coming out in just a few days. I hope you stay right here with us. There's more coming up right here, right now. Welcome to My Gay Playlist and Stories from Outside the Closet. My name is Liv Lombardi, and I am your host. This is a podcast about coming out and the music that inspires our journeys. To me, coming out is an act of honesty. It's something that we do every day when we decide to live our lives as authentically as possible. Where are my dreamers at? Where are my freaks and geeks and weirdos and losers and nerds? If you were ever told you don't have a place here, I'm saying this table is set for you. So take a seat and tell me about it. And we'll start with this. What are your stories and what are your songs? We were just chatting about from Shawnee's new release. This is Diagnosed Associative. If you guys are liking what you're hearing and you want to stream all of the songs on Shawnee's playlist, head over to mygame.com. You can hear every episode's corresponding song list. I am super psyched to chat with you. So I, I've just been doing like a deep dive into your work and I'm, I have so many questions. So where are you now? You're in Edmonton? Yes, I've been in Edmonton uh, living here for about a year and a half, I think. Cool. So I was curious because when I was reading about you, I saw that you're from the Niagara Falls area. Uh, and you know, I totally American thing to do, not really familiar with our neighbors to the North and too much of your geography. So what part of Canada, and I'm sure a lot of people listening that are from the States also don't know that because we think that we're the center of the universe, unfortunately, trying to shake that really trying to shake that. What part of Canada did you grow up in? And I'd love to hear a little bit about where you're from and, and kind of how you got a lot further West. Okay, so I'm a little bit of a traveler. I'll start right from the beginning. I grew up in Welland and I couldn't wait to get out because I was such a misfit. I feel that. And so I had, I had these big dreams. I went to Toronto, um, which is here, our big city, to pursue music and to share music um, live. And um, I did that for a long while. And then I ended up sort of settling for a few years just outside of Toronto. And then I met my now wife. Congratulations. Thank you. And then came out to Edmonton and, and here I am. Nice. Nice. I love that. Cool. So love kind of brought you that way a little bit or? Oh, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Yes. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, when I first came out to Edmonton, a lot of people were like, you're, you know, you don't, you have to live, you're a musician. Don't you have to live where all the other musicians live? Like, Toronto's where you want to be. I guess it would be the same for like New York if you're a musician or like sure. LA if you're, but I've been so supported here in Edmonton and have been able to, to reach, you know, just with this support, like so a bigger audience and it's just been really great. It's been a great move for me and, you know, just, just all things, personal life and career life. It's been such a great experience. I love hearing that. I love hearing that so much. I can relate. I grew up right outside of New York City in northern New Jersey and uh, couldn't wait to get out. I went far away 
to school. I went out to Santa Fe, New Mexico for college. Then I moved, you know, I moved to, I moved around a lot. I traveled a bunch, DIY touring all over the world, Europe, my backpack, a guitar. I uh, did that for a while and within the United States. But yeah, I, I had the same thing. I moved to Chicago and then I, you know, during that course of that move and a little before it met my now wife. And now I'm in like the suburb of Chicago, uh, which is not really where things are happening. Though I feel like being here, all that's to say being here, I have had such healing and like grounding times for me. I think we need that. And I think as musicians definitely overlook that, like the self-care part of things. Oh yeah. You just keep going and going and going. And then eventually you're like, wow, I am like seriously burnt out in a way that I'm like, I, I don't even want to get out of bed. I can't even yeah. think about picking up my instrument or anything. Has that ever, has that ever been an experience that you've had? Yeah, I started off as a young person, like discovering music as medicine and using that to get me out of like the hardest times of my life as a teenager, you know, not understanding my place in the world, my identity and my sexuality and, um, you know, being closeted and not fitting in and feeling like this odd in that small town, like this odd person who doesn't fit in. And as at, like, when you're that age, you're like, I don't fit in in the world. There's no place for me here. But music felt like home. And so I really like deep dove into what that meant for me. And then I was introduced to this manager and like the music industry who was like, no, no, grow your hair and, you know, wear the, your makeup this way. And, you know, like make sure the boys are invited to your music party. And it's like all oh this gosh. nonsense. And again, being shoved back into um, what felt like a closet, you know, as we mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and losing that like losing that my sense of identity again um in my early 20s and feeling like you know if i'm going to make it in the music industry well i have to be what they tell me and i remember going to a music label like a major music label here and they're like well shawnee you know everybody's sitting at the table and they're like well shawnee who are you and it's like i don't know like whoever they said i was <laughs> like because mm -hmm. i don't know how to answer that question anymore and it took me not very long of that before I was like, oh, hells no. Like I, yeah. I do music because it's, it saved my life and mm. I want to share that with other people. It's so, it's so powerful. It's such a powerful tool. And I believe that I have a purpose and a responsibility to, you know, use my music and any platform that I'm given in any capacity to to acknowledge that that music is very powerful and it can be there and show up for the the people who need it most like it does me and has me so um that's a very long answer to your question i can't even remember what the question was but it, no <laughs> I, I i love this so much i love that like we just met and we're already like i shit we're sharing the things that matter the most like the core deep heart space stuff that's that's what i love so much i, I can yeah. totally relate and i think that what a scary thing it can be and also it's kind of like the universe or god or whatever sort of word language you want to use to identify that higher power the thing that's makes us feel small it's like a slap in the face like who am i everyone's telling me i'm this i'm that i should be i should be uh you need those moments to be like no i'm gonna take it, those are the empowering moments, I think, is what I'm trying to say, when you yeah. can recognize that that's happening and say like, okay, no, so this is how I want to move forward. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we got a little ahead of ourselves. I want to I wanna backtrack a bit and just kind of go into a little bit more of who you are, how we got connected. So my wife actually discovered 
uh, your music, I think through Spotify or something. We were, I give her so much credit. So many folks that we have on the show, my wife is like, hey, these people are awesome. Like we, you should reach Aww. out and, and have them on the show. I love your music. The feel of the, I mean, your voice is incredible. What I really love about your tunes though, is the production and like the feeling uh, that the instrumentation and the production has. And we'll talk about more of those because you have two on your playlist, which I believe are from your forthcoming EP that's coming out. Yeah. Is there that, does that EP have a title or is it self-titled? It's self-titled. Yeah. Because I recently changed my name. So I thought it was, you know, it was important to just acknowledge that. Um, Mm. Nice. Uh, Yeah. So Let's let's get into like the the thick of this show. So, but before we start, I'd love to hear about uh, in your own words, you identify as two spirit. So, as an indigenous person, knowing your a, a brief little bit of your history and where you're from, can you talk about what that identity is to you, and probably inform a lot of our listeners as to what two spirit is in general? Because that, yeah. it's a term that I am just starting to really see a lot more, but learn what it really is. So I'd love to hear from you what what that is and and what it means to you. That's the really cool part about um, being two spirit is that it's being reclaimed by indigenous people, mm. and it took me time to get there. Also, like I. You know, trying to understand my identity as an Indigenous person, you know, and going through those times of feeling not comfortable to be out as Indigenous because it was not a safe place in in, in all parts of Canada um, and a lot of places in my own life to be Indigenous, but also to be Two-Spirit and to be out and to be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me some time to really, you know, get to know my culture and what it means to be Indigenous. And what I've learned is that it's very much been um, celebrated by our ancestors. And it was a tradition that that dates back through our ancestors. And, and Two-Spirit people were would thrive in their communities because they were honored and they were celebrated and very often looked at as healers and um, knowledge keepers and, um, you know, just just these gifts that two-spirit people carried because they walked in both worlds of understanding this sort of idea of masculine and femininity and and it blending into this one spirit of a person mm-hmm. and that can that can make up your identity however you want that's the really cool about thing about being two-spirit is it's not about your sexuality or your gender Right. A lot of people get really confused. Uh, you know, I've been called transgender in some like, uh, like reviews I'll see, like there's mm. Shani's transgender because she's two spirit and, and the misunderstanding of the identity because we're reclaiming it, Right. you know, with, with the knowledge and the support of our elders where, you know, our young people are coming out and they're reclaiming this. And with that, the outside community is also, uh, you know, learning about the two spirit. Two spirit is a new term also, I should say, but it's not a new tradition. I should say that because okay. a lot of people are like, what's this two spirit? You just come up with something. You're just going to come up with something. And it's not, it, it's our culture has been ripped away from us. Um, as you know, in Canada, 
these are the conversations that we're having now. And, and, and I know even in the States, you have your own history with indigenous Mm. people. Yes. Yeah. And so as indigenous people, we are coming out and we are opening up and reclaiming our traditions and we're reclaiming our language and we're reclaiming, you know, who we are as indigenous people and opening up all these conversations. And, and so the two spirit tradition that was honored by our people and our ancestors it's back and we're here and we're, you know, I'm proud to be two spirit. I'm proud of that. So that helps explain. (laughs) Yeah. That's so beautiful. And you know, it maybe for folks listening, won't see what I see when you're talking about it, but just when you said, you know, we're reclaiming it, we're coming out, we're, I, we're back. The power, like the light that's shining from you. I, I really feel that. And I, and I love that so much. There's so many times on the show, I chat with people about their coming out and how they identify if they've come out as queer, trans, bi, whatever it is. The conversation circles around this, a similar idea of the language that we use and how it's so important because without the language to call ourselves, to call out the truth in ourselves, I should say, what do we have? We're just silent, you know, and that's what closets are for, I think. So that's, yeah. I, I love that. I love that so, so, so much. So let's talk about some of these songs. I loved your playlist because I, first of all, have been waiting for, we've had Melissa Etheridge on people's playlist, but this particular Melissa Etheridge song, I Want to Come Over, is my favorite. I've actually oh my been, gosh. I've been on a Melissa Etheridge kick like again the past week. Uh, coincidentally enough, and have been listening to this song in particular a lot. So I'd love to chat about that. But there's a lot of great, a lot of great tunes on here. We have your music. There's a few Melissa Etheridge tracks talking about a revolution, Tracy Chapman, that I don't even know if we need to talk about it because I just understand, but we we will get into it. Brandy Carlisle's on there, some Janis Joplin, Indigo Girls. So I'm listening to this playlist thinking, okay, I can see where maybe some of your influence as a singer and a performer and a songwriter is coming from because you have like just crazy powerhouse singer songwriters. Yeah. I would, I would put you in that same vein. So you're perfectly placed in there. And then a lot of these songs are like some of what I would consider like queer anthems, Uh you know, the women that pave the way pretty much for us to do what we do, which I love. So let's start with some of these Melissa Etheridge tracks because I found it hard to not make the entire thing Melissa Etheridge. I'm not even gonna lie because she I, was since I, I totally was, understand how that I was going possible. to. And I'm like, oh, I won't. <laughs> I would have loved it if you did. I would have been like, okay, let's do this. It's a vibe. I'm down for it. I'm here for all of it. Yeah, Melissa Etheridge. So my mom introduced me to Melissa Etheridge. My mom uh, listened to Melissa religiously when I was like. I remember being five years old and we'd take trips across the border, like into like Buffalo. So, you know, a couple hours of a drive and she would play Melissa the entire time. And so I grew up listening to Melissa Etheridge, but in like this weird, fascinating way, like very much related, not even knowing to Melissa Etheridge. And that's why I idolize her so much. It's kind of corny and cheesy to say, but Melissa is in every way like this, you know, strong powerhouse female that like paved the way for, you know, when it wasn't okay to be out. And it it was a time where it was like, she's like, you know, I'm out. And her audience is just loves her for that. And mm-hmm. I've been to her concert where like 
her audience is just so into it like you could not as a musician you could not ask for anything more and they know i knew i know every word i snuck up to the front of the stage and was like screaming scream singing Lisa Atherton until she gave me like this weird little eyebrow <laughs> yeah like oh you're you're in it you're in it to win it um, yeah. I'm just obsessed how can you not be how can you not be I want to come over I think so perfectly in my opinion illustrates that like secret lust of and yeah. I'm sure at the time you know I want to come over the hell with the consequence yeah we all know that in some way, maybe less now for the younger generation as a whole. But I think that that just that one line is so definitive of so many of yeah. our experiences, you know? Yeah. Her writing is just, I've always looked up to her as a songwriter too, like that real and rawness. Dude. Okay. So we feel the same. Amazing, prolific, badass. Let's get a little bit into your music because. I'm a fan now uh, and so happy that I am. Uh, but what I wanted to do was talk a little bit about kind of what brought you to where you are now. You were the winner last year of CBC, Searchlight CBC. It, it, explain to me what this is, because to me, it seemed like the Canadian version of like America, um, American Idol or The Voice or Star Search, something like that. Is that kind of what it, what it is or it's a little different? CBC is a massive radio platform uh, mm -hmm. across Canada. Um, so the radio, um, mostly based, they have a network on television also. But um, CBC is like the Canadian sort of, uh, I don't know what it would compare to in the States, but um, it, it's like, a, a, I know it as a radio. They hold this contest every year called Searchlight for the past few years for up and coming uh, original music artists in Canada. And so I, um, my wife was actually like, I had this song called Building a Wall, which was like never meant to get out in the world. But she's like, you should, you should submit it. It's your most recent song. Like you just recorded it. You should submit it to Searchlight. And I was like, no, like I, you know, I don't. I don't win anything ever <laughs> so I mean I'm good like I you know it's it's fine and anyway so she did it and she submitted the song and and there it went it it like thousands of thousands of submissions in Canada and CBC has been so supportive and so amazing just sort of championing my music and my development and growth as an artist that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I can imagine something like that's a bit of a, it's a game changer. It's, it really pivots into the direction that maybe you've wanted to be thrust into for a while. Yeah, it has been like, you know, it's, it's very interesting, probably, as you know, as a musician, we don't have control like over where our careers end up or, or where we sort of land or where the, what they'll develop into or where it's going to take us. So I try to focus very much on like, the, the medicine side of music and why the purpose, the reason to not burn out as we were talking about before, mm -hmm. but um, it feels really good to be, you know, just supported in the development stage of my career and, you know, on such a platform and, and to be able to grow with that support has been, you know, I'm really grateful for because it gives me a bigger platform to be able to share what I believe in. Yeah. I, I love that you're coming from this place of, of healing and of reaching people through music because it is such a universal. I'm curious how 
the change in like your visibility, seeing now as it's increased, it seems like you're reaching more people. Has that changed the way that you're approaching what you're writing or how you're writing or making or when you get into the studio? Or is it always coming? Are you really, you know, is the more of the work staying true to just the heart? What's in here? all the time. Yeah, it's the current experience. I've released songs in the past that have been, you know, about empowerment and self-identity. And this, this new music, I went through, excuse my language, but a shit storm in the past, like (laughs) two years. It's been like a lot of growing, even beyond that, a lot of growing and uh, ending sort of chapters and beginning new ones. And, and so it's just been a crazy, crazy roller coaster mm-hmm. um, the past while, and I needed to get into studio and write about that. And so, uh, one of the songs on the EP is called "Diagnosed Dissociative," okay, which I was afraid would sort of offend people um, when I titled it. But it's my truth. It's it, it's about a bad therapy session. I I guess maybe an honest <laughs> therapy session. I should say for me at the time it was bad. I. I went into a therapy session and sort of at the end of it, she tried, she, she made me do like this exercise where you place like your things in a box in your mind. And she's like, what does the box look like? And we went through this entire thing. And I was like, I don't know what the box can't create the box. Yeah. And she walked away. She came back and me a piece of paper that said dissociative. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, what does that mean? And I walked, I was like, she knows nothing. She needs an education. Like, what does she know? And then I I started like, you know, completely, you know, uh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And, uh, you know, months after that, I was like going through things in my life and I was like, oh, oh, okay. So I might, I might place things, places at certain times to be able to cope with. And that comes from traumas and it comes from certain things that we develop over the years uh, for me at least it has and you know so just being able to like that song was just being able to acknowledge that but also it's coming to terms with that and not it doesn't have to be a bad thing it doesn't have to be something that's shameful it, yeah if I've I've you know made these habits to to survive that's what I've done and right. that's what the song's about one I can relate two how empowering is it as the person, you know, as the person who experiences those traumatic things, something that I've learned, especially in the past two years too, COVID really made me look at some stuff because I was sitting at home. I think when we experience trauma, like our brain does that thing where it puts it away and it removes us from it because it's painful. You have to, you hack. the only way to get over it is to get through it. I was thinking about this last night. You actually don't, I don't think we get over things, but you need to go through them in order to move past them, right? So when there is trauma, you put it deep away, right? And then you're like, no, that's not there or no, I'm okay or whatever. And how empowering is it as the person who experiences to finally say like, okay, let me open up this box, take all the stuff out, sort it out. Okay, I don't need this thing anymore. I understand why this was here. And as songwriters to write a song about it, and be able to share that with others and then they can you know take their own take their own healing and medicine from it i think that's one of the greatest gifts we have also what's the word i'm looking for honors it's like it's a privilege it's a privilege i think that we have i can't wait to hear that track dress up like from shawnee's new release 
This is Diagnosed Dissociative. If you guys are liking what you're hearing and you want to stream all of the songs on Shawnee's playlist, head over to mygayplaylist.com where you can hear every episode's corresponding song list. Keep some more of this tune, and we'll be back to the chats in just a sec. about um i'd love to talk a little bit about something that i read that you said you say here i feel like i'm starting over i'm expressing who i am more comfortably and honestly than ever and then it says that your first take of stage was as a 12 year old shania twain impersonator so i'm i know maybe i embarrassed you a bit because you just put your head in your hand but can you talk to me a little bit about that because shania twain i love that can we chat about that just just a little bit? What what made you a Shania Twain impersonator? I will never escape that <laughs> ever. Like I like to. <laughs> okay, so how it happened? So my cousin at the time was like, you know, I have this pageant, and I think he should be in it. You know, I think he'd do really well. So I put this dress on, I did my hair, and I was real awkward, like. <laughs> It was like the most awkward. I tripped, you know, I like, did, I, I just, it wasn't the pageant thing. It you um, tripped on the stage. Did. Yeah. I was real oh. awkward. And I was, I was like tomboy, like ready to like backwards hat with my dress on. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. And it was, just, you know, I wasn't soft and elegant or nothing like that. So I quite fit in at this pageant, but there was a talent section, which I, for the first time saying publicly a uh, Shania Twain song. And um, you know, what's really funny is I like did a little like dancing cheerleading skit and then like it transformed into like Shania Twain singing, which is so ridiculous. But I sounded, um, I could mimic her voice. And so if you closed your eyes and you didn't see like a 12 year old cheerleader, <laughs> you saw it. Shania Twain in your brain because it uh, for whatever reason I it sounded like her um and so I was hired to sing uh from that uh, at a party and then it, and then that's that became my job I just kept getting hired to sing as a baby Shania Twain <laughs> I love that so much I didn't mean to embarrass you but also I'm so grateful that I just had this image the the story that you just told I can relate the awkwardness the backwards hat the tomboy 12 year old like yes get that own that that's amazing I was the same in my own version yeah definitely tripped on stage a bunch that's amazing but okay so the real reason I brought that quote in was because not to that was a a pause at the Shania Twain quote because I just needed to know um but Further on in this article, you said, and we talked about this in the beginning, there was a time I wasn't out and I was told not to be out by industry people. That struggle deeply saddened me from the inside. As artists, we are supposed to be exactly who we are and celebrate that. And I didn't feel that way at all. Being closeted is entirely scary and intimidating when you're out there showcasing yourself. 
but you're not really yourself because you're closeted. And then you go on to talking about being two-spirit and how it's being reclaimed by indigenous people, which we've already talked about. So I'd love to hear a bit about your experience with that, what I just read about, what you said, what that was like, and also if any songs on your playlist maybe speak to that moment or those moments. Yeah, it's the hardest time within my career that I've struggled to go against what I was being recommended, go against, you know, because the market and the industry and there's like, there's, you know, you you don't want to cut off your male demographic. You want them to show up. And it's like these conversations as a young woman um, wanting to sing, uh, you know, with a, with a successful career and then having to ultimately decide not to trust that opinion because that was more damaging. I mean, I could have all these success in the world and all the things promised by what I call the suits, like these sort of this, like men, like men telling me that, you know, who I should be and what I should be, because that's what sells. Even if you're right, even if I could go, you know, accomplish all the things that you're setting out for me and that you have the power and control over, I don't want it if I can't be who I am. I don't want that. I don't want to be on your stage if I'm not who I am and, you know, as a person. That's, it's a very sad trajectory for me. I don't want to grow in that way. It's not something I can fall asleep at night comfortably to that idea. So I have a choice and you're not the way I'm going. I'm going to go my way and it's going to be, and it might not be pretty and it might, I don't know what I'm going to accomplish and set out to, but I know that no matter what, I'm going to be doing what I love and it's going to be on my terms and I'm going to be myself. So showing up in every room and every interview on every stage with every person unapologetically yourself, because why not? You know, why not? We're born the way we're born. Our spirits are the way they are for a reason. Like we're all, we believe as indigenous people, we all have our gifts and your weirdness and your quirkiness and whatever makes you tick and whatever makes you like, overly emotional or maybe you know like all of those things make you who you are and contribute to who you're supposed to be so and that includes the struggles in our life and I've come to learn that so I'm not going to pretend I'm something I'm not like no way no way um and that's where that's where my story has come from that's why I talk so much about self-identity and embracing who you are like it's so important for you know, to remind our young people that you don't have to be anything other than who you are, no matter what, like no matter what social media says, no matter what your family or your friends or any pressures that you might feel around you, you're you because you're meant to be that. So you run with that. Yeah. Ooh, I'm just going to give a little space to that because you just said it all. Do you feel like Coming uh, into yourself more and more, always being unapologetic. I'm curious if you grew up knowing of, if your family life and growing up, you were being educated on and part of your indigenous ancestry, if that was part of your 
your life within your family? Or is it something that you've been reconnecting to now that you're an adult and you're making your own decisions all the time and finding out things for yourself? Yeah. The thing about like our residential schooling here that happened in Canada is when that happened, our culture was taken away from us. You mean what we would say public schooling? So residential schooling is something that happened to Indigenous people in Canada, where Canada's government had taken Indigenous young people away from their home, taken them from their homes, and put them in a school system run by the Catholics, who forced them to, it was, it was made to abolish the Indigenous culture. And um, it very much did that. They just discovered last week 215 um, young people, uh, Indigenous people as young as three, buried in Canada on, on a reserve at a residential school that is now closed but open to, um, uh, to learn more about it. It's there for history purposes, but they just uncovered 215 young kids who have never been claimed, their lives have never been claimed um, who they are. So that's our history. And that is why it's so important to open up these conversations and talk about it. We did not talk about it. My grandmother went to residential school after that. She was taught to not acknowledge herself as an Indigenous person, or she would be beat or even killed. Wow. So, so with that, it was never a conversation in our home. And it's something I knew, like I knew I was Indigenous, but it was just who I was. And it was not something that we really honored in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we started opening up as a family, we started going to powwows and experiencing the drum and experiencing, you know, um, traditional dancing and music and singing. And it became, and in you know, my first sweat lodge and teachings, it became it was this place of like comfort and acknowledgement. All of a sudden I felt safe, like to have the indigenous people, we need our culture. I mean, I'm sure that goes for anybody like to have that sense of culture so that that's where you came from. That's where your ancestors are from. That's what, you know, that's your bloodline. So to be able to have that and reclaim that is given me so much peace, you know, that goes to being two spirit as well. It's just given me so much peace and like, I can understand who I am and where I came from, why my family is the way they are and why I am. I take the way I take, you know, it just makes so it gives you a sense of identity to, to be able to reclaim that. And so, yeah, now, now it's like that flag is out. Like I have that flag everywhere I go. And there's a lot of conversations now about indigenous people and residential schooling and what's been done to indigenous people everywhere but especially here in Canada and and holding the government responsible and holding you know not to get too political here but it's just so people know that um you know if you're indigenous you have every right to be who you are and open up that conversation and it's just so important to acknowledge to acknowledge that yeah totally yeah i remember reading that the us has their own version of that my dad is a is a us history teacher that's his passion united states history and he actually spent i'd say the majority of the last like 8 years teaching on uh, navajo and apache reservations in northern new mexico and it was a really interesting experience to to witness because he's a white guy i mean we're italian american he loves united states history but also honors the real history, not the BS that we're taught in school, which is a whitewashed, commodified version of it. 
We don't learn the truth about slavery. We certainly don't learn the truth about the real, you know, details of the genocide of the native people. So, you know, growing up, I always heard that from my dad when we were learning about United States history. He would, you know, help us review for our tests and he'd be like, okay, so actually, uh, it, the Trail of Tears wasn't just like a, a path that they took through Oklahoma. It, it was a genocide. We're talking about the largest genocide of a race of people in the history of, you know, going off. So, yeah. Perfect, perfectly placed for that job, but also um, seeing him teach there and the lessons that he learned from interacting with those tribes and teaching their students and the honor that they had for him as a teacher was a special thing to witness. But also having also myself lived in northern New Mexico, I didn't, I'm still learning because I was never taught. And so I've had to take that education into my own hands. The history and and the just the richness of the native peoples. It's a detriment that we don't learn that growing up because we're literally cutting away, I mean, years and years and thousands of wonderful languages and cultures and just amazing philosophies of of being and existing that had been true for so much longer than a white man said, this is our land. Here's our flag. I just, I could go on. I just have so much respect and honor for the richness of it all. And I wish and I hope that we start to see more of it moving forward because it's so important. It is so freaking important. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just about opening up the conversation, right? Like, um, you know, a lot of people ask me in these interviews, especially after these kids have been discovered, it's like, this is not new for us as indigenous people. This is right. very much our, been our reality. but now opening up the conversation outside of the community, it's beginning to happen. You know, like I, I even I've even noticed throughout the years doing interviews, the conversation opening up, we're having we're talking now openly and like a young person might listen to this and they might hear, oh, I, I know I'm indigenous and and or I'm not. And I'm curious to know more about that. What is residential schooling? What is, you know, and just to open up these conversations and have them openly and to learn from each other, to learn from each other's stories and experiences, like your dad's knowledge and and just, you know, and, and learn that way because because it's not like even here in Canada, we uh, where I live, it was just recently taken out by our government, uh, Indigenous, uh, in, in history classes, the Indigenous learning of our history. They, they took it out, replaced it with something else. They removed it. They removed it, yeah. What the hell? So the kids are learning about it. Um, I don't remember learning much about the history of our Indigenous people here in Canada. In the States, there's I don't find there's a lot of conversations happening quite yet about it either. There's not. More, we're seeing more. That's great. It's becoming more of a focus point of discussion within more mainstream media. Yeah. Because it's necessary. I mean, I'm like, yo, we need to talk about this shit. How can we heal? There is a deep pain within this nation mm-hmm. that was built on a, a racist ideology. And so the more that we talk about it, the closer we get to healing, I, I am a proponent, like we need to heal in order to be our full empowered selves. We we're as strong as our weakest link. If someone is in pain, then we're all kind of in pain. So I, I, I am excited for where things are moving and also acknowledging that we need, we need more, we need more awareness. We need more education. We need more conversations like this 
because how else are we going to get there? Right. We need more and we need more music. Of course helps us heal. Okay. So before we wrap things up, I would love to know about just because it's such a, I feel like at this point, Brandy Carlisle is an icon, but the last song on your playlist is the story by Brandy Carlisle. I have a very specific moment of my life that actually corresponds to my coming out hearing this story. I would love to know why you chose it to put on your playlist. Oh, right. When I came out, I started listening to this song and because of the story that she's telling and she's extremely like, you can hear it in her voice. Like that's one of those songs where it's like, you know, she means like, she means it, what she's saying. And, and that just spoke to me. And, and I actually picked up the guitar and it's like one of the first songs where I just like, I used to play that song every day and like, and film and, and like put out a new version of it. Cause I was so obsessed with like, just this, this, this story that she's like, like coming through in her voice and, and this soul that, that comes through. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, I just, it spoke to me. Last question for the day. I end every episode this way and I'm going to ask you my, my final question. If you could tell your younger self, whether that is the tomboy, backwards hat, Shania Twain impersonating, awkward, human, or even you, uh, you know, a few years ago, as you began your journey into a two-spirit identity, whatever it is, your younger queer baby self, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, knowing what you know now from the wisdom that your experience has brought you, that might make things a little easier, what would it be? exactly who you are in every way is who you're supposed to be and everything about you is going to make you it gives you reason and purpose and never apologize for that you know just show up everywhere you are for who you are and and be that in every room and every circumstance with every person because you know you're meant to be who you are yeah oh that's good show up for every person in every room that you are because that's who you're meant to be that's good stuff snaps yes <laughs> oh man shawnee kish is a freaking powerhouse shawnee thank you so much for your time i had a blast chatting with you and getting to know you i hope it's not the last time we get to chat if you're listening and you want to support shawnee's work go stream her new album it's coming out on june 25th we're playing you out today with a single from her upcoming self-titled EP. This one's called Burnin' Love.
was created by yours truly, Liv Lombardi, that's me, and Courtney Ortel, and co-produced by Virago Artist Management, with additional support from Hannah Varnum. Music by yours truly once again, Liv Lombardi. As always, thank you for your ears and your hearts. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, write a review, and share with your friends. Until then, be kind to yourself and gentle. I hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next time.